connect to your inner guide, connect to this podcast message, and align with the highest vibrational energies. Now let's get started. Good morning, everyone. I hope that your day is going great so far, and if it's not, I hope this is the shift that you need in order to feel in alignment with love, light, and abundance. Sending you a bunch of love energy from my heart to yours. Um, I want to dive in because this is a long podcast. I am um, going to be sharing an interview, or it's not an interview, it's more of a conversation that I had with a friend of mine, Michelle Brock. She's a friend and advisor as well. She's one of someone in my like spiritual tribe that I love to speak with um, along my spiritual journey. And I'm excited to share this conversation that we had. Michelle is a New York City based spiritual development life coach. She specializes in past life regression. She's also intuitive counselor. She's a psychic medium. She's a master hypnotist. She studied spirituality, shamanism, meditation, astrology, energy medicine, medicine techniques, the list goes on. Um, but one of the things that I really loved was that she believes that the experience that we consider to be psychic or metaphysical, um, those transcend culture and are universal to the human experience. And that these experiences are personal, spiritual in nature and become available to anyone. So again, I I just love this because we talk about relationships, we talk about narcissism, we talk about how you can actually grow through difficult relationships if you use that as an opportunity, how you attract um, the partner that is in the same um, sort of spiritual um, sort of spiritual level. I don't really want to say that, but you you attract the partner that you need to mirror back to you where you need healing. So let's go ahead and dive in and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Sending you so much love from New York. And um, just want to let you know, I'm not going to end. I'm not going to throw in an ending because this is a long interview. So I, I know it's tough to listen to the long ones, but there is really so much good stuff in here. If you can't finish it, then um, come back to it. All right, guys, let's jump in. I'm with Michelle Brock today, who is someone very special and, and a healer and a guide in my own personal journey. Um, she's helped me with you know, just her intuitive readings, you know, she is also trained in hypnotherapy. Um, she's an, in, you know, as I said, she's an intuitive person. She does tarot. She's a fellow Libra. You know, there's just so many wonderful gifts and, and things that will unfold with her. So I'm really happy to have you, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I feel like our conversations are always so natural and and we're both like these air signs, so we love to communicate. And so I'm sure we're gonna say a lot. Um, and we'll just we'll just go ahead and jump right in, okay? Um, if you could just share, kind of like how you got into how you woke up to who you are, 
your, your, your soul's purpose, as I like to call it. Um, and, and let's just go from there. That sounds great. Yeah. I mean, going back to what we were talking about earlier, I grew up really religious. I grew up in a religious household and, um, you know, it was a, a religion that had certain things that were okay to believe in and certain things that weren't. And, you know, um, being able to communicate with spirit or be intuitive or particularly, know things about people's past lives and reincarnation, which is actually my, my area of expertise is helping people connect with um, who they were in their previous lifetimes. These were things that I didn't grow up with being discussed or even being okay to kind of um, talk about. So I really did have to go on this journey to really acknowledge that some of the experiences that I was having that, you know, to not deny that was my truth mm-hmm. and kind of step into my purpose based on that truth. Um, for example, I always could um, sense things that weren't, other people couldn't sense or see or feel. Um, sometimes they seemed to have personalities, like they were people, mm-hmm. um, which I now understand are probably people who have passed um, spirits. Sometimes they would scare me. Um, sometimes they wouldn't, sometimes they would just kind of tell me things or be around me. My, um, childhood best friend is still very much in my life. Like, um, total soulmate of mine. We met when we were three. She reminded me not too long ago. She goes, you remember you had that imaginary friend (laughs) and Uh, his name was Roger. Roger. (laughs) Roger. Roger Roger always had to have like a seat, like don't sit. That's Roger's chair. And, or I would say something like, hold on, Roger's talking. And she, and she was like, all right, like, (laughs) which is why she's my best friend. Right. We just got it. Um, I now understand that Roger's one of my spirit guides. Right. So I kind of just was, I was kind of a weird kid, I guess. Um, you know, when I went to my 20 year high school reunion, I had a funny moment because of social media. Most people knew that I'm a professional intuitive and that I do past life regression. But, you know, it was kind of like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because I was that girl that, like, would be staring out the window, <laughs> <laughs> like, in some dream world. Right. Or, or, no, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. So I came, I came into finding this calling in, in a really authentic way, just really through, like, well, other people didn't believe me. But I knew that what I was experiencing was real and true. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a couple of experiences where I would have a dream that would happen later. Um, Sometimes they would be connected to natural disasters. Sometimes it'd be a random, like you'd have a deja vu moment or something. I think most people do where you're like, oh, I think I saw that before. Right. So, you know, I developed a coaching practice around helping other people learn how to tap into their own intuition, Mm -hmm. find out who they were in a past life to connect with their own spirit guides. So, you know, my, my coaching practice is really organic to my own journey, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. Cause I feel like it's my own coaching practice is the same way. It's, it's, um, it's just more organic. I think it feels more authentic when it, when it unfolds like that. 
well, you can't really learn to be a life coach in a classroom, right? right. I mean, it's like your, your coaching practices around your life experiences and the challenges that you overcame and the obstacles that you faced. And, you know, I think that that's what makes a good life coach, right? For yeah. me, it's like, okay, I'm psychic. I'm out yeah. of the closet. <laughs> I, I, and, it, and, and yeah, it's kind of weird, but for me, it's really not. And yeah. you know, other people, when you talk to them, will admit to you, well, yeah, I had a dream after my grandmother passed and she came and talked to me, or sometimes I just know things or yeah. I see things. So these things are human and almost universal, uh -huh. but we just don't talk about it as openly in this culture. I agree with you. And that's something we've talked about before, because like, I remember when we first met you, like we, we were up on the rooftop my friend Steph, our mutual friend Stephanie, and we were having a full moon moment. It was yeah. like, like like to go like do moon bathing or like whatever. Yeah. We got to like connect with the moon, yeah. And we just clicked, right? It was just right. that moment where wait, you're you're up here like talking to the moon too, oh right? Like yeah. like souls that recognize <laughs> each other in some way, yeah. And 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 we've talked about like how. I truly believe that we all possess these gifts, but like our mind made thoughts really block us from a lot of those gifts, um, let alone the, the gifts that we're supposed to bring to the world, like in this time. Um, and so I love that you like woke up to and, and just not woke up to, but just accepted the fact that you are, you know, psychic, that yeah. you have this access to this information. Well, it really came about through the process of meeting um, the man who became my teacher and mentor, Dr. Brian Weiss. Yeah. He wrote a book called Many Lives When He Masters. Most Love people have heard of it. Yeah. I ended up meeting him through a series of synchronicities that involved my sister. Um, you know, she had an experience having her youngest son in the hospital where he used to work, and she had a stroke from an epidural and thank God she's fine. And the baby yeah. was fine. But during that episode, she started speaking a language that nobody really recognized or understand, understood. And it wasn't like gibberish. It had like an emotional quality to it. Like she was trying to convey something. So we think that what ended up happening was that something got triggered in her brain, a part of her brain that maybe was unconscious that she didn't use. And you know, her OBGYN was like, well, there was this guy that used to work at this hospital who wrote a book about past lives, like, like suggesting that maybe what she was saying was from a past life and right. gave us that book. And I just remember I read it in one sitting. It's not a, it's not a super thick book, but I could not put it down. It was like the most compelling thing I had ever yeah. read. And long story short, it's a book about a patient that he had been working with. He's an MD psychiatrist. He was actually the chair of psychiatry at Mount Sinai. And, you know, he was using hypnosis to kind of treat her PTSD. Um, she was highly symptomatic and he couldn't find any story in her past that she could connect to these fears and anxieties that she was having that were really controlling her life. So, you know, during that process of hypnosis, he started discovering that she was talking about things that didn't seem to come from this lifetime, that she was describing things that were happening 5,000 years yeah. ago when she was in a different body. So, you know, I, I after 
<laughs> reading that, I was like, I have to do this. Like, how can anybody not like want to know who they were in a past life, right? Oh, totally. Yes. I think after I read it too, I was like, oh, I've got to go. Like I found someone who did past life regression and actually Michelle, I don't know if I ever told you this, but the oh. one, one, um, well, I worked with a hypnotherapist on some of my like childhood trauma stuff. Mm -hmm. And through one session, not one session, we did like eight sessions, but in one of the sessions, um, it was one of the earlier sessions. We went back to like how I used to pull my stuff, my emotions down within, you know, so I had to be brave. I had to be strong. I had to pull this all in so I could take care of everybody else. And that was like a pattern that I carried over into this lifetime from the person I lived in a lifetime pre previously that was like an 18 something. And his name was George, you know, and he was this guy who, and, and my, um, hypnotherapist that I was working with helped me understand this, but, and maybe you can speak on this part of this too, but George, the episode that we went into that moment when I learned to stuff my emotions down inside, that was when, um, we were traveling like kind of like in a caravan across the Southern, the, it wasn't even the, the South at that point. It wasn't Texas at that time. It was still Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, but we were traveling through on like a caravan and I was leading these people to California mm -hmm. to like start like a new life, um, to Northern California, San Francisco. Um, and I was the person that was responsible for bringing these people there so they could start a new life somewhere. And so in this moment, when I learned to stuff these feelings down, um, one of our, you know, we were kind of set, we had set up camp for the night and we had people that were looking out, you know, cause we were in territory that was like, not obviously not developed. There was no one around and we were in danger because we were just like in this flatland area where, you know, anyone could attack us. So one of the lookouts, or I guess that was further out rode back in and told us that we were going to be under attack, that the people that were indigenous to that land, which are my ancestors in this right. lifetime, in this life. yeah, were getting ready to come in and like basically pillage the air, you know, like our campsite and, and kill us because we were, we were a threat to them because of other things that had happened before. So they were afraid of us and they had to get rid of us. So I got everybody together. We went into a cave. I don't know. <laughs> like I took them into a cave somewhere and we stayed in the cave for the night. And I had to like in my, in that life, my mother was there, not my real mom in this life, but a mother in that life and people I knew and everybody was like coming to me and I was fairly young. I was like in my twenties and they were expecting me to help to save them, you know? And so I had to put my own fears and shove them down inside and bring them into this cave. And we stayed there. And then he fast forwarded me to a little bit further down in my life. And that's when I had like a general store and I had supplies, but I also had resources for people to help them establish their life there. You know, I was no longer bringing people in. I was more established there and I was helping people once they got there, like improve their life, which is like, and just knowing you like I do, there's so many elements to that story. First of all, number one, there were things that you can say that you described like seeing visually, but there are kind of things that you just knew too. You just knew yeah. it was Texas, but not Texas yet. Yeah, I didn't you see you were going to welcome to Texas. <laughs> yeah. So there's like a seeing 
and there's a knowing and yeah. there's that emotional, you know, perspective and the, the, the themes of responsibility, right. Mm -hmm. Or, or courage without having to, you know, like, like bearing your emotions for the sake of having to like step up to a, a task, to a moment. Right. And it's interesting that you chose to reincarnate in this life as almost like the perpetrator of the, the source of fear. Right. And that's actually really, really common that you, we, we reincarnate as different backgrounds and ethnicities and genders and relationships in order to better understand different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So in this life, you were like, wow, that was really traumatic. But like my soul would like to understand what it's like to be indigenous. Yeah. And have somebody else just be like, well, this is our land and we're coming through here and you have nothing to say about it. Right. Yeah. I find a lot of that. I find a lot of people that um, do flip flop between being victim perpetrator mm -hmm. um, throughout history um, in that way. So that's really it. And, and you chose to reincarnate as a Libra in this life who has no choice but to share your emotions. <laughs> it's stitched into your DNA, right? I, yeah. um, I think that's really, really interesting. And there's a lot of information. I mean, what you just described is actually spot on. You have these past life experiences and they're so dense. I mean, people pick through um, a session with me for several weeks, if not months, if not years afterwards, finding new dimensions, themes, like patterns. And in this life, it's like, okay, you're, you're still a leader, but you're a leader without stepping down your emotions. Yes. Right? Yeah. So the, about the lessons that we learn and about the, um, the way that we evolve and grow and change and learn things from both sides. There's so much in that story. It's, it's amazing. And, you know, it, and it's a passive regression is a life changing experience. If you allow it to be, yeah. you know, people are like, Oh, that was really weird. I had this weird experience one time. I don't know what it means. I'm like, well, find out what it means. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, do the work behind it and kind of see like, what is it about me that that speaks to or, or what truth is that trying to tell me? You know, I, I want to say like one thing that I really experienced with that was I felt this feeling I was what brought me there was I was going through a lot of like difficulty at work. I was surrounded by um, women who made me feel very bad about myself. And because I was of my upbringing, I allowed that to happen, right? And so I was participating in that exchange. And um, I really wanted to heal something within me. I just wanted to feel better, you know? And this guy, I read the book by Brian Weiss that you talked about, and I had this guy's phone number in my phone for like a couple years, you know, <laughs> that a light, another life coach gave to me, you know? And so I had this and in 2000, what was it? 15 was when I called this Peter guy who lived in Hudson Valley. He had retired from doing this, you know, but he came down into New York city just to work with me, which was awesome because he was just such a, he, he was like the typical hippie Hudson Valley Jewish dude, you know, he was like awesome. And so he was so uh, transformative with me. But the point I wanted to make was when I had that past life regression, we didn't even go in to do that. It was really more like dealing with childhood stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and healing the wound with, between my mother and I. But when we went into that, when I came out of it, I had this feeling that I am 
this is, I don't have to put so much pressure on this lifetime yeah to be or do anything you know i mean granted i want to do things with this lifetime i want to make it count but i didn't have to put so much fucking like pressure on myself because i would continue to live you know it and you went in to do hypnosis around your childhood but the past life kind of came out organically organically yes yeah which to me makes it even more powerful you weren't going even looking for that but like there it was right that's exactly it because we, because, you know, I thought a lot of the stuff that I was dealing with in this life, like a lot of the anxiety or like inability to feel emotion sometimes was from my upbringing because I've talked about this before. And, you know, my mom actually heard the podcast and she was very upset about me calling her a narcissist, but she, oh. she is. Um, but that's typical of a narcissist, you know, to be very upset. You don't about. like we called out. No, I don't like that. And I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening to this, but you know, it's, I, this, this podcast is for, is for my own creative expression and sharing because I want to align with the people that have been on the journey that I've been on and that need to know that they yeah. can get beyond those things. I have a lot of experience with narcissists in my life as well. And, and, you know, it's helpful to kind of keep the perspective of, you know, narcissists are deeply wounded people. Yeah. There are people that didn't have their needs met in their childhood, period. Absolutely, yep. So once you start to realize that, it's kind of like, well, that's formative and stitched into, it's a personality disorder, which means mm -hmm. it's stitched into who they grew up to kind of be. And that doesn't mean a narcissist can't change their ways, but most of the time, like they, they grew up like that, right? Wow. So, but at the same time, you know, the abuse that comes from, and we use that word in quotes, like, and if your mom's listening, we're not, we're not yeah. calling the abuser. We're just saying not, that- We're the, not attacking you. Yeah. The, the dynamic between the narcissist and the empath is really, really deep. Narcissists pick nice people, right? They pick mm -hmm. empaths. They pick people who care. So that's the whole, and, and you're, a, you're a high level empath. You're a yeah. healer, right? So that's actually really common in our profession, you know, and it is, it's, it's, there's a lot of issues that people can get insight into from doing this past life work, like, like your dynamics with your parents and your friends and your partners over many lifetimes, right? Yes. And I became a life coach and, and talking about, you know, how I, I kind of stepped into this, it's a little bit of a funny story. So after meeting Brian Weiss, the past lives just started tumbling out. I met him at a, a workshop and I did, I did a regression on stage actually, um, which changed my life completely. Yeah. My life. <clears throat> and then after that, I went home and he had these like meditation CDs. So I was like doing them every day. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm like that too. I want to go all in. I was obsessed. I was literally like, oh my gosh, I need to know this and this and this. So I went back to maybe about nine months later because I wanted to learn this technique because I was like, this is the most compelling thing I'd ever seen. And I remember telling him, he's like, like, yeah, well, I remembered like 25 past lives. And he just looked at me like, what? what? So, <laughs> yeah. And he, he's like, that's not typical. <laughs> like yeah. in, his, in his like like, you know, nice way of being like, listen, that's not normal. That's a lot, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and, but it, what it helped me do was get through this period in my life where, 
you know, my grandmother died, which was like losing my mother all over again. Mm-hmm. I lost my mother when I was um, not even three. And I was in a marriage that was hanging by a thread and I had two babies in diapers. And, you know, we had moved to Dallas, Texas and I was living in this like suburb, you know, after living in New York and then Los Angeles, I, I just felt, I felt like, is this my life? Like, I'm so stuck. Like, how can I, how can this be, you know, where I'm at right now? Mm-hmm. And how do I change that, right? Like that feeling of, of being stuck and trapped in your life. Yes, I know that's exactly. <laughs> yeah. And these past lives gave me insight into my larger journey. Oh, this is why I feel this way and feel that way. So I remember after going to, you know, at the time, Brian Weiss provided a list of therapists of people that he kind of recommended. He doesn't do that anymore because his son's a lawyer and his son was like, are you crazy? You can't, <laughs> <laughs> you can't. but he, he recommended somebody who was local to me. And I went to him, he was a, he was a therapist and I'm like, just like open. Like I'm like, whoa, like past lives, spirit guides. I had this like psychic awakening. My pupils were probably dilated. I was like, it was <laughs> high on like spirit energy and life. And I'm like, who were you in a past life, man? You got to tell me all about it. And he was like, well, I've never had a past life memory. And I'm like, what do you mean? You do this for a living. Like, yeah. <clears throat> and I'm like, and I'm like telling him about all my past lives. And then as I'm walking out of his office to my car, I had this thought that was like, I could do that so much better than that guy. <laughs> that sounds like a typical Libra is what that sounds like. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, well, who do I think I am to do that? This guy's a therapist. Yeah. I'm not trained in psychology. But that was that thought seed yeah. planted that was like, well, why can't I do that? I have right. this direct experience. It's not like somebody who drew the map. It's somebody who walked the trail themselves, right? right and use this technique to transform their lives. And that's, that was the seed that was planted that created my coaching practice. And so when I went to go train with Brian Weiss, it was mostly therapists and they had everybody the first day stand up and say who they were and what their background was. There were some Catholic nuns there. There were people from all over the world. It was very impressive. The nuns were like, our parishioners are asking us questions about past lives. So we're here to find out. I thought that was very open. open That is very open. And the very first day I stood up and I just, it just tumbled out of my mouth. I'm like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a spiritual life coach. Fake it till you make it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I just, I just said it and I was just like, oh yeah, that sounds good. That's really good. Yeah. Clergy. I'm not a religious scholar. Um, and then I, I since then had hypnosis certification and life coaching mm-hmm. certification, but you know, that moment where you just kind of just, what do you do? You, you just say it. And that yeah. you're talking about like mindset to manifestation. That was that moment for me. That <laughs> like, was your mindset switching it on right there. And it's like, it and then that was more than 15 years ago. So That's amazing. And 15 yeah. years ago, a spiritual life coach was like, what? Cause I remember when I got into coaching 10 years ago and people were like, what is that? <laughs> I literally kind of made up, made it up as I went along. And a lot of people have 
you know, followed suit now yeah. a million people, but I was actually one of the original people to start doing this work in that way. So, right. um, you know, I, blazing the trail, but you know, it's kind of embarrassing to say, well, I just kind of made it up. <laughs> but you know what? Honestly, okay, if we want to get super like it into M style here, because I'm always about like connecting to your inner guide, that voice that speaks to you, that was no, like, that was not made up, truly. Yeah. That was like the real you just speaking out through Michelle Brock. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's amazing because I get to share this transformative technique and also teaching people that like, you know, you're intuitive, right? Mm -hmm. and, and we've done this in, in our sessions with you. Like I say stuff and you're like, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I never say anything that's just completely out of left field. You're like, yeah, that resonates. Or like, I got that, yeah. Right? So, you know, and I think that, you know, just being able to be a coach just means you get to be yourself all day, I you know, and, and pay, pay it forward. And, you know, it's, it's the, it's the greatest job on the planet. It really is. It really, it really truly is. I, I am really excited as I start to, and we've talked about this before, just incorporating more of the spirituality. As you know, I am a businesswoman working in real estate. And so as I start to transition out of this corporate structure into just being more in alignment with myself, you hit the nail on the head when you said you get to be yourself all day because this is, you know, I get up at five o'clock, sometimes 4.30, just so I can have those few hours with myself, you know, to be myself, to, to study, to meditate, to connect with my inner guide and to feel that guidance and that, and that just that union, you know, with yeah. myself. And I think that what you're describing is, you know, it, it sounds really basic, but it's just kind of essential for, you know, whether you get to, to have a job that you can, you know, be an entrepreneur or be yourself, or if you have to go to a job to pay the bills, mm -hmm. you know, to find that moment, that space to kind of breathe, put everything in perspective, check back in with yourself. Then you can go out in the crazy world and do whatever it is you need to do. And yeah. you always have that place to kind of come back to that inner compass, right? Yes. Um, yeah. People think it's just for yoga teachers and life coaches and meditators. It's not, it's for everybody. I think it's, it's a, it's a life skill. And I think that a lot of people today in our modern world are living in a way that is disconnected mm -hmm. from their inner self and their inner truth, which is why there's so much depression, anxiety, general malaise and unhappiness, fear, you know, and mm -hmm. obviously 2020 into 2021 brought yeah. us out on, on steroids. So, you know, I, I think that we're, we're just all kind of dealing with living disconnected from ourselves, from nature in a certain way as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. I'm glad you said that because like a lot of people that listen to this podcast, I mean, some are spiritual entrepreneurs, um, a lot of them are in the corporate world. A lot of them have um, jobs that are not 100% like in alignment with what they want to do. 2020 brought that out with a lot of us. It made us realize that, you know, there's a passion that we have within us um, and that we want to be more in alignment with that. But you've got to do what you've got to do until then, you know? And so that's why I started getting up early 
was, you know, I've always come back to yoga and I've always come back to breath work and meditation, but when I feel out of alignment with myself, I get very bad anxiety, you know? Yeah. And so that's why I started getting up early for that. And balancing that, you know, you know, I, I have a lot of past lives that are maybe like more monastic settings or more like, you know, I'm Native American, I live in nature or I live in Tibet and I just meditate all day, you know, and in this life, my soul chose, you know, I'm, I'm a single mom to two teenagers mm -hmm. and I live in Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> like, until then, you know, like nobody can knock me off of my, my like Zen game faster than my 15 year old. You know I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think that learning to balance that. And also one of the things I work with a lot of clients in is your life purpose isn't always your job. It can be your job. Right. But it doesn't have to be, right? And I think a lot of people put pressure on, well, I have a job that's not my life purpose. That doesn't yeah. mean you have a purposeless existence, right? Right. It's finding your purpose in, in whatever way you can express it. But it's not always your job. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. And I'm glad you, again, I'm glad you said that because I think that that's a really important message because we put so much pressure on ourselves to live with that purpose, myself included. You know, yeah. I put a lot of pressure on myself to live in my purpose, you know, and, and it's not always something that's possible. I live in Manhattan as well. You know, I have a mortgage, <laughs> you know, there's like, there's pressures that keep you from being able to fully transition into what it is you feel is your purpose, you know? Yeah. So you find other ways of doing that. You find other ways of making that connection. And I think that that mindset and that concept of that, like, oh, you find a career that's your purpose, that, that creates more division between people in different economic situations, mm -hmm. right? Like, and, and, and I'm, I'm, you're, you're, you and I are both Libras. So we, we talked about this. I'm a, I'm a unifier. I'm not a divider, right? It's kind of yeah. like, you know, not everybody's wealthy enough to be able to <clears throat> go on a yoga retreat or exactly quit their job yeah. and, and become like a, a, a coach. It takes years and years to um, build up a, a practice like that. And right. you know, like you, I was working yeah. another job when I was building my, my practice. Right. Um, so like I said, I, I, it's about the things that we have in common and not the things that divide us that I like to focus on, but you know, um, you know, really just getting off of that hamster wheel though and checking in with yourself, I think is the biggest life changing. I, that's the one piece of advice I give to everyone. They're like, how can I change my life? I'm like, be in a relationship Mm -hmm. <laughs> show up for somebody else, right? Oh, you can yeah. just meditate and live on a mountaintop all day and be away, like be in a conscious relationship with somebody and, and incorporate a simple meditation practice into your life. Those are the two things that are like, how can I become more spiritual? Those are my two um, kind of go-to advices for people, you know? And, and the meditation part, I get that part, but can you explain for people like the relationship part? Because like as a Libra, that's so important to us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, it is. It's, 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 nothing is going to make you face your own stuff, you know, more than, and, and this is not just romantic relationships. This is like friendships that are intimate, right? Um, 
family relationships that are intimate, right? We, we work through our own issues in the context of another person as a mirror mm-hmm. to ourselves, right? So a lot of people think that it's like spiritual, like I said, to be like in a monastic setting. Well, then you don't have, you have all your needs met. So easy. <laughs> yeah. Try yeah. sharing the bills in the bathroom with yeah. somebody, right? Or really being vulnerable or really being honest. Yeah. Like letting somebody see you in the truth of who you are. Oh, yeah. that's the deepest spiritual work. That's deep spiritual work right there. Yeah. And it's like hard enough for us to see our own selves, let alone let somebody else. Right. And, and I think that Libras naturally gravitate to it more than others, but everybody has Libra somewhere in their chart. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, (laughs) and and right now I'm in a relationship with a man who I have Libra and Libra rising and I have five planets in Libra and he's a Libra sun and has five planets in Libra. So we're like, it's like this mirror that is incredible. (laughs) And then we're like, no, what do you want to do? No, what do you want to do? Right. Like, but you know, I found that some of the deepest spiritual work I've done over the last couple of years has been in that context. So I'm kind of like, yeah, you're right. That's my shit. Yeah. <laughs> right? Or I'm trying to present myself in, in a different way. You know, I, I just see relationship, conscious relationship as spiritual practice. I don't think a lot of people, you know, look at it that way. I and then on top of that, adding your past lives with people like in a past life, you were their mother or you were their friend. Or yeah, you- talk about that. Talk about that, Michelle, because that's really interesting to me. Well, and we, I'm sure to we, other people. We reincarnate, okay, we reincarnate to learn lessons about love. Okay, that's like the like tagline uh, uh, the, of 15 years of working with thousands and thousands of people, what I've kind of learned. And the way that we learn is by doing. So- we have to learn lessons about love from all sides. It's a different kind of love from a mother to a child than it is a romantic partner mm-hmm. than it is like a sibling or a friend or a boss. So the same soul of the person, right? And I use the term soul, you can call it inner self, higher self, whatever. That part of you that reincarnates, that does survive death and reincarnates mm-hmm. your consciousness right, will occupy different bodies and forms and genders and ethnicities in order to learn these lessons. So it is possible to be married to somebody that you were their mother in a past life. It's not only possible, it's probable. Yeah. So that sounds like strange, you know, um, but it kind of makes sense if you think about how reincarnation works, that it really is about evolving, growing. So, you know, somebody who you have a difficult relationship with, right? Like mm-hmm. that boss that's always so controlling and won't let you, you know, whatever. There's a past life story often connected to that. And you'll see like, well, in a past life, you know, something happened and he lost all his money and blamed me. Uh-huh. That's why he's unconsciously trying to control me because he has a fear that that's going to happen again. So when you can understand the unconscious motivations, you know, behind their behavior, um, you know, it, it helps you navigate these relationships better. So past life work is self-work, inner work, but it's also relationship work too. Yeah. A lot of people ask me about soulmates. We have many, many, I many. I was going to say, I'm sure, like yeah. maybe you should say something about that because I, I, okay, here's what I get a lot and I'm guilty of it when I was younger too. 
he's my soulmate. You know, it's like, we, we believe that certain people are soulmate. Um, and it's usually, I don't think it is, but it's someone that's like, and, and I'm, this is not my area of expertise, but I just feel like it's someone that you are meant to transform through. Yeah. Because I look back at the, my deepest relationships and I've had very bad relationships with very wounded men in the past. And that's and called being a healer. <laughs> I know, I know. Cause I just thought like what shirt. yeah. Codependent healer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so I had to transform through them, you know, because it was like always showing me that. But then in those moments, I thought they were my soulmate. And so that term gets thrown around a lot. I love that definition. Somebody that you are meant to transform through. Mm -hmm. I think that's brilliantly said. We have many, many connections. I actually, um, I actually sometimes define soulmate as anybody you might have known before in a past life. Oh, so people. Yeah. It's so, like, yeah, that makes sense because they're your mate. Like they're your yeah. friend, partner, whatever. And you've known them in another. So and, it, it, we don't have to put so much emphasis on the importance of that. Right. And, and, you know, I call them the good, the bad and the ugly also too, because these relationships that show up that do have a lesson or someone that we're meant to transform through or mm -hmm. grow. These are sometimes those difficult relationships that, that require us to kind of step up, level up, rise above something, yes. heal something, transform in some way. Sometimes those are the relationships that'll feel really sticky. It's like, oh, this person, I can't stop thinking about them. Right. And well, they are, right? Um, I get people that come to me and they're like, I need to know if my wife's my soulmate. My answer is always, well, she is because she's your wife. You know, like you yeah. married for a reason. And there, there is no one, right? But, I think that's the thing. Everybody thinks there's the one, you know? It's like we, Hollywood has created this romantic idea, you know, I think that there's this one, you know, and, and songs and music and everything, you know? It's like, and we're so I obsessed have, with this. I have come to realize though that there are different tiers or levels of, of relationships. There are levels, there are relationships that have higher vibrations mm -hmm. and it's not in a judgmental way, but like somebody that you've evolved and grown with over many lifetimes, it'll have this kind of higher resonance to it. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas a relationship that's a little more karmic. And when I use that term karma, I mean, not about punishment, right. It's about balance. You did something that you regretted in a past life. They did something they regretted in a past life. You meet again in order to have an opportunity to, to be more loving or be different, right? To heal, so, that, that, to to heal, heal that. that thing. Yeah. And those relationships, the, the, the analogy I like to make is the, the bright colored fish is the poison one. You know, it's like those relationships that are like, I love you. I hate you. I can't live without you they break up and you get back together. And yeah. Oh my God. Yes. That you was know? every relationship. I had. Those are, those are before Jerry, <laughs> but right. I, I changed I, a lot in that time though. You know, I changed a lot from that person who, who was attracted to that to yeah. the person who was like, I'm not putting my energy there anymore. But as you evolve and grow, you start to attract relationships to you that represent your own higher level of healing and theirs as well. So the relationship you're in now, you're like, oh, this is 
different because I'm totally different. Yeah. It's totally different. And Michelle, what you just said that, that goes back to like, it simplified it's, you have to love yourself first. Mm. Like you have to love and heal that you have to, you have to heal that relationship with yourself and ability to actually love yourself. And then that changes your vibrational frequency. I found that, yeah. I've found that some of the more evolved souls I work with, and I use that with air quotes, because I I don't like to use the term old soul because I don't believe that age guarantees wisdom. Right. I agree. Old and ignorant. I love that you said that because I've heard that before and I'm like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) I use the term evolved soul because that that implies that that you've done the work and your growth, right? Right. So people who are more evolved souls that I work with tend to be working on lessons about self-love. The self-love lessons seem to be a little higher. Like, you know, we, we come to planet earth to be like in elementary school and middle school and high school and grad school is like the self-love lessons, right? We learn not to kill each other. We learn not to hate each other. We're still working on that. Many people, you know, many people, all the divisiveness, a lot of people who are these beautiful, evolved, empathic souls are working on, at the end, it's about loving ourselves. We learn yeah. to love others. In a way, it's easier to love others in, in, than to love ourselves. That seems to have a higher frequency, a higher vibration. I think so, for sure. I mean, you know, um, just in my own like healing journey, it I have to say something about loving other people because I had enormous capacity for loving other people, yet it was so hard for me to love myself. And I think that was almost a distraction for me because I didn't want to face the, the, the things that were going on, like the storm that was going on inside of myself. And that's why your soul chose to have the mother that you did Mm -hmm. to really challenge you to overcome. I was also raised by a narcissist and I was also married to one for 10 years too. Mm -hmm. Um, Crazy challenge, you know, to really overcome because that made that lesson on steroids, right? Where like, you know, because you're, you're devalued, demeaned, like, you know, told that you're nothing in order to give that narcissist their supply. Right. Almost like another brick wall to kind of climb over, but there's nothing more empowering than when you do decide to scale that wall, get to the top and you're like, no more boundaries. It's about, you know, doing what's good for me. Um, life comes with its own challenges like that. And we kind of choose like, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to need a pole vault to get over (laughs) this brick wall. (laughs) Yeah. But, but making that pole vault vault and, and building it will, will transform me into the person that I'm becoming. That's kind of how I've come to look at life and its challenges. And that doesn't mean that it's easy to go through challenges. You know, people are, deal with incredible, you know, health struggles, financial struggles, loss, right? Um, so, you know, you don't be like, oh, this is for your learning and your growth, you know? Right. Just- <laughs> when you're in it, first of all, you don't, okay, first of all, when you're in it, that is not what you're thinking. It's only when you come out of it and you turn around and look back on it, you're like, that's where I grew, that's where I transformed, that's why I learned. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves because like th- that's terminology that's thrown around a lot. I've said it myself before, but w- 
I'm talking about when I've turned around and looked back at the healing that I see that it was like my lesson was there, you know, and I even remind myself in present moment that this situation is here for me to learn something for me to heal. What can I learn from it? But don't put so much pressure on yourself that you right. have to be like, oh, I'm above this experience because it's all for my learning. You know, I feel like there's so much emphasis on this. Well, and I think that that's actually something that, you know, gets punctuated by the past life work. Like, you know, hindsight brings clarity. Yes. Who you were in a past life by looking there back and seeing that's where I was yes. there this is who I am now, right? Yeah. So you have to kind of be able to, to capture that perspective, the hindsight, but yeah, right. When you're in the middle of a challenge, you don't find that. But in hindsight, you're like, wow, this is, this was meant to get me, you know, where, where I am right now. And, and so incredible. Everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I, I don't believe in fate though. Um, I do believe that some things do happen and, mm -hmm. and are out of our control but I believe that we always have choices, which implies something more along the lines of destiny, mm -hmm. that we're constantly creating our own future through our choices. Right. So sometimes stuff happens, we always have a choice, even if it's how we choose to respond to that, you know, event. Or, or not respond. Not <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Boundaries, right? Boundaries. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'm really, really fortunate because I've had the benefit of being a fly on the wall, so to speak, to thousands of people that I've guided through one-on-one -on -one past life regressions because I get to see, you know, people's stories are interesting, right? In this life, mm -hmm. who they were, what they've been through, how they grew up, their family dynamics, what they're interested in, yeah, you know, what their talents are, and then adding on top of that, their past lives. And then the larger spiritual lessons that people come to kind of realize like, wow, you know, um, every time I guide somebody through a passive regression session, I always, at the end, after I guide them through their actual death, um, mm -hmm. without pain, you know, but to experience what happened and how that life ended, I have them float above it. And then I always ask them, I say, what was the lesson you learned from living that life that's most important for you to know in your life today? And they always know it. And it and it's sometimes not what they expected. You know, yeah. I, I I wait till they're out of their body to ask that question because even remembering being in spirit, you're wiser, right? Uh -huh. Aware of your journey over many lifetimes. So people say stuff, they're like, Wow, that was deep. Where did I get that from? Yeah. Well, you didn't know that, your soul knew it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the most important, like what's the takeaway? And so watching people have these stories and then the takeaway and then learning that, okay, this is what happened in a past life. This is how I can change my future right now. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my thing as a life coach is like getting rid of the past in the way that it might be holding you back from the future you would like to have. So it's not really about archaeology or being a history nerd, although I am. Yeah. Um, it's really about getting rid of things that are holding you back, that are unhealed, that you're carrying with you energetically from your past, that are preventing you from stepping into your power, into your purpose, living a life with more peace, love, healing, meaning, all of that. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really the most profound um, experience I've ever had. And I love that I get to pay that forward and share it with people every yeah. day.
Yeah. No, I, I love that. And I think you probably be your own healing along with what you're doing with other people. It's like, you're able to witness this, um, healing and transformation through other people and this realization of like whatever purpose or higher purpose or whatever they're living in this lifetime, getting more in alignment with that, um, gives you not, not that you need the permission, but it gives you that multiple layers of, um, just proof, not that you need the proof, but it yeah. just further, it's more energy behind what you're doing. Yeah. And, and one of the most fascinating aspects of this and, and, you know, I've been, I've been doing client work via zoom since 2015. Uh-huh. But before that, most of my clients were from the New York area, which is very international, right? So yeah. I actually had an opportunity to work with people from all different backgrounds, beliefs, religions, countries, just by living, you know, in Manhattan and doing this. And now I, like I said, I, I Zoom, I, I have clients on five continents. It's amazing. That's amazing. Um, it is. It, yeah. it, the technology... Um, the way that we can kind of connect to each other. Well, it's just learning the things that seem to be universal to our human experience that are spiritual in nature, that have nothing to do with religion or background, that we're actually so much more alike than we realize and we know. And um, I'm, I'm working on a, on a book about it, you know, that it's like, you know, who, who we think we are is not who we are. And that what we perceive as an otherness, right? You're a different gender or you're a different background, race, ethnicity. It's bullshit. It does. It's not how, you know, if people really understood how reincarnation works, there would be world peace. There truly would, you know, because we see themselves in another and all of these universal experiences. So, um, you know, it, it's endlessly fascinating just really how many elements to a passive regression are absolutely universal. Yeah. And, and I love that. And I think your book will be a contribution to that, like to that world peace, you know, and, and as we get ready to wrap up, I just want to touch on just kind of go back on what you were saying just now with also what we were talking about, how we live multiple ethnic, like um ethnicities like we reincarnate different genders different ethnicities and that is part of that like i love that 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 is a message <laughs> i don't know what i'm trying to say is just- and it's it's there is a fine line also too like i i'm really i'm really big on telling my clients like just because you were a different gender ethnicity in a past life doesn't mean you get to claim that experience in this oh, life. Right, right, right. Like yeah. it's not cultural appropriation to say yeah. someone else in a past, but that, you know, your soul chose this body in this time. And it's really important to kind of honor that. But having the experience of being something other than where you're at right now brings all this understanding and compassion, yeah. right? Um, and, and connection to this larger kind of, like I said, universal human experience. But, um, you know, I haven't been a man since 1700. <laughs> I'm on a streak. I don't know. Maybe I'll flip flop, you know, it's. <laughs> well, it's I, the only life I know I was a guy. So I, yeah. it, which makes sense because like, while I, I feel like visibly I look 
like a woman, I feel like inside I definitely tap into that masculine energy quite a bit. My first past life experience with Brian Weiss on stage, I was a man and I'm a very female identifying cisgender woman, right? And I just remember looking down at my hands and I had these fingers that were thick like sausages and I could feel that I was a big like lumbering man and I could also feel that I wasn't very intelligent. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you know, I pride myself in being well-read and well-traveled and all that. And it was just that moment alone just shattered the mirror of like, you know, who I think I am. I'm not an American blonde woman, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That alone is is life-changing to many people. Totally. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So before we go, can you share, and I'll put it in the show notes too, like how people can contact you if they want to do like any spiritual life coaching or past life regression. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, The best way is really through my website, which is Michelle with two L's um, dash Brock, B-R-O-C-K.com. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Instagram. I'm past life Michelle on Instagram. Uh, You can DM me, um, you know, Google me. Um, like I said, I would, I thank you for, um, you know, giving me the chance to kind of share that. I do webinars. I do, um, online classes where I teach people how to connect with their past lives and their intuition and their inner selves and all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I highly recommend Michelle. I mean, you've been part of my transformation and always love to connect with you and she's super intuitive and just a wonderful human being. So highly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Love you, Michelle. And thank you so much for being on, on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Yeah. My pleasure. Come back anytime. Thank you. All right. (laughs) All right, guys, sending you so much love from New York. Bye.